You're listening to the Arsenal Church Podcast. To learn more about the Arsenal, go to thearsenal.church. And if you'd like to receive more content throughout your week, feel free to download the Arsenal Church app. We are starting a new series uh, that will take us into Christmas this year um, that we are going to talk about. It's called um, Good News, Great Joy for All People. And so we're going to carry this into Christmas. You can't really see the for all people there, huh? I'll fix that. I'll fix that this week. <laughs> Fire that graphic designer. Um, so we will uh, we'll talk about this the next four weeks. Um, math is hard. I got up really early today. <laughs> Went to bed late, got up early. It's... Usually, I'm not used to like single digits in the front of the numbers when I get it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. Um, no, it was, it was early. But we're going to do this um, during this Advent season getting into Christmas. And so um, it's just a period of kind of preparation for celebration of the birth of Jesus um, at Christmas. And so we're going to talk through this. And um, it should be fun these next few weeks. Hopefully we have Rob teach because that will give me get some coffee. So we're in this preparation for the celebration of our creator to humanity um, coming to be with us. We call this this moment where Jesus steps into this world um, as the incarnation. Incarnation literally means embodied in flesh or taking on flesh. Uh, So it's this moment in life where um, God, the creator of all things, takes on, embodies flesh, and steps into humanity. He makes himself vulnerable in our form. It's interesting, oftentimes when we think of vulnerability, we think of a weakness. We think of weaknesses. If I'm vulnerable, I seem weak. Um, But also, a lot of times, I think vulnerability shows us the best that humans can be. Um, And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. I'm going to ask you all to be very vulnerable. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm not... I won't do that. Um, but one of my favorite things about this, this part of year is movies, the Christmas movies that come out. Anybody else love Christmas movies? I'm not talking about the Netflix rom-coms. Um, those are fun, too. Uh, no, I'm talking about, like, the classics, like the, the classic Christmas movies. They're some of my favorite. Think about your favorite Christmas movies. Some of you guys are already yelling them out. Um, Yeah, let's just do that. Here we go. Ready? On the count of three, yell out your favorite Christmas movie. One, two, three, go. Same, same. There's, I was was wondering who was going to be the one that like waits till everybody screams and then they scream theirs. Who was that? You and Mark. I think it's the beard gang. Um, In fact, the bald beard gang. It's like a... Take your hat off real quick, Mark. Look, like, brothers. <laughs> hey, I'm, it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. <laughs> um, all right, so think about your favorite Christmas movie. Who is the best Christmas movie character? Who is the best Christmas movie character? The character in a Christmas movie, who is the best? Raise your hand on this one. Raise your hand. Who's the best? Huh? Santa. In what movie? I don't know. The Santa Claus, like two. Uh, what you got? 
Buddy from Elf. Thank you, son. Buddy? Peanut. All right, Peanut. That's a good one. Buddy from Elf. All right. Hey, happy birthday, by the way. Another birthday. Partying today. No, I'm just kidding. No, that's a good one. That's a good one. Maddie loves that one. <laughs> she does. Loves Grinch. Anybody else? From the Santa Claus, Tim Allen. Anything else? Anybody else? We got Santa. Some of you guys were right. You got it right. Um, the rest of you were wrong. Um, obviously, the best Christmas movie character of all time is this one. Buddy the Elf. Like, what's, what's better than a six-foot-three elf, like, naively navigating New York um, in yellow tights, a red cloak, and a pointy hat? Like, it, it's great. No, he's in yellow tights. I'll bet you five dollars. Um, that's my son. He doesn't have five dollars. <laughs> actually, actually, he does. He saves the money. Um, no, but I think Will, Fel Will Ferrell does a great job in this movie, um, just portraying this character. He becomes the elf. He's big, childlike in his gestures, his physical humor. It's just—it's my favorite. We watch it all the time. He's this. He's like a six foot three, like naive, like lunchbox, like carrying eight year old, like just, just like heading through New York. That's how he walks, right? Am I just walking through New York? Um, I don't know why. Like one of my favorite lines in that movie is when he is like walking across the street and there's a taxi coming. He's like, "Watch out! The yellow ones don't stop." Um, if you've been to New York, that's true. It's just, it's great. It's great humor. Uh, phenomenal like character development. I, I love it. Remember the, the scene where he screams like, Santa, I know him, right? And everybody's like, what is wrong with this guy? Um, it like over and over, you see people try to convince Buddy that he doesn't know what he's talking about. Like over and over, like you, what are you talking, you don't know. But he knows where he came from and he knows, you know, he knows, he, you can't change his reality. He knows who Santa Claus is. In fact, there's that scene where Santa shows up and he's like, you're not Santa. Like, I know Santa, you know? It's like, you, you smell like meat and... What else does he say? Meat and cheese. You sit on a throne of lies. You know, like, like he, he's this like full expression of Christmas cheer um, without the like adult skepticism part of it. Like he's, he, what... I don't know, he just carries Christmas and everything he does. It's like what it looks like to believe fully and because he knows the truth. Like he, you can't convince him otherwise because when you know the truth, it's hard to convince you that it's not true. And he knows it. We, we love it. We eat it up. It's the best of humanity. We see this like vulnerability, this naivete that's in him. It just draws us in. Um, and, I, and I think we'll... we'll, we'll We'll talk about that, that vulnerability that draws people in. I think we, we see it in this, this person of Buddy where he's, he, 
like he just sings in public? Like who does that? I'm in a store and I'm singing. And I'm singing. All right. Um, so vulnerability. What is vulnerability? It is, I have a definition of it. Um, willingness to risk being hurt or attacked or willingness to show emotion or to allow one's weakness to be seen or known. And every guy in the room is like, ah, right? We're not very good at this. Um, we'll work on that. But vulnerability is one of the major things that it, when we talk about the Christmas story and we talk about the person of Jesus, it, it actually sets Jesus apart from all other religions or religious leaders. It's, there's this, this beautiful thing about Jesus that we really get to highlight during this Advent season, that the Creator chose to be vulnerable to His creation. In the first chapter of God, the Gospel of John, I believe we get the fullest and most expressive understanding of the birth of Jesus the significance of not just this story, but the reality of what's happened in the, the stable in Bethlehem. We, we've seen this incarnation, the birth of Emmanuel, which just means God with us. And John, we see where it all began. Even before the incarnation, Jesus' reality of where he comes from and where it all began. John 1 verse 1 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. You notice in these two verses, it says the Word, capital W, was with God. The Word was God. And then in verse 2, it says He was with God in the beginning. The Word now has changed. Sometimes I think we miss the significance of the meaning of the Word here. The Word, Word. The word is referring to Jesus being with God in the very beginning. Jesus is God's word to you. Jesus is the word of God. Some of you are like, no, that's not right. It is. Um, I love how it's explained in the, the Passion Translation. You take these, these verses and you uh, see how they, they translate it in the Passion. It says this, in the very beginning... The living expression was already there. So the word is the living expression. And the living expression was with God, yet fully God. They were together face to face in the very beginning. And through his creative inspiration, this living expression made all things. For nothing has existence apart from him. Life came into being because of him. For his life is light for all humanity, and this living expression is the light that bursts through gloom, the light that darkness could not diminish. All of this, this light, this living expression, the word is talking about the person of Jesus. The word that couldn't be put out by light, that, or that couldn't be put out by gloom. He knows where he came from. You see, in the incarnation, this isn't the first time we hear of Jesus because Scripture says he was there in the beginning. In fact, he created all things, was in all things. Nothing was apart from him. If you skip down John 1, verse 14, it says, And so the living expression became a man and lived among us. And we gazed upon the splendor of his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, overflowing with tender mercy and truth. 
See, the incarnation is not just one more event among many in Scripture and life. Jesus Christ is not just another word which was spoken by God. He is the fullest and final word God has ever spoken. Jesus Christ is God's message from beginning to end. He represents God's decision to exist as a man. It's this this idea, the incarnation is God's determination to become a man, to be God, with man, for man, and as a man. Jesus is and always has been the character and the person of God expressed in its fullest and most final form. When you look at Jesus, you see the character of God. There's been a lot of, a lot of times in my life where that, that has not seemed to match up. Where the character of God that I've been taught or trained on doesn't match up with the person that I read about Jesus. And I think there's this idea that maybe we have viewed God in a way that is not in line with who Jesus is. And, and I don't believe that God is two different characters, but there is one character of God, and that is the person of Jesus. The fullest expression. Where we see Jesus loving people, where we see Jesus healing people, where we see Jesus sitting with people he's not supposed to sit with in the Gospels, this is God. Full character of God expressed as a living expression in humanity who came to be with humanity, who was willing to step into humanity as a person to choose to be here with us. God, the creator with his creation, makes himself vulnerable to the creation that he made. Scott Erickson, he's an artist, an author. He has a book called Honest Advent. We, we went through it a couple years ago. Um, in the book, he says, any real connection involves vulnerability. Any real connection involves vulnerability. Whether in marriage or friendship, even, in, even with a stranger, a relationship can progress only so far along the normal kind of platitudes of strength and accomplishment. Like, I'm this, uh, did you see what I did? Like, this is what happens in the room of pastors. We all get in a room and everybody's like, so how many people do you have in your congregation? <laughs> it's like the worst. Like, I don't know, there's like six. I, <laughs> um, sometimes. Uh, if they show up, I don't know. They're, are, we, are we counting at 11 or 11.45? I don't, <laughs> like... But there's no like relationship happening there because it's all just like it's like surface level stuff. It's there's no vulnerability in it. But it's in the moments of vulnerability where we let we, the moments where we let our guard down and speak truth about our life, the travels, the journeys we've been on, that we find where we really connect as humans. It's in that place we have maybe found in our journey that we walk with a limp where something has happened and we're able to share this experience, this, we're able to be vulnerable with someone where the real connection begins to happen. Even in our biology, we're, Scripture says we're fearfully and wonderfully put together. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. The incredible process of a child being knitted together in their mother's womb is one of the most delicate and vulnerable states that anyone can be in ever. 
The psalmist describes the moment of formation beautifully. In Psalms 139, verse 13, he says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. There's this moment in humanity is a moment that sets Jesus apart from any other religion, any other conversation. The creator making themselves vulnerable to their creation doesn't make sense. That's why when Jesus came as a baby and then walked to this earth as a, as a young man and then as a man, there were so many people in his life that rejected the idea that he was a savior because this isn't how God would come. But in this case, we see the creator coming to be with us in the most vulnerable way possible to show us just how much he loves us. The child being formed in the mother's womb trusts the mother to provide all it, its needs, nourishment, rest, energy, protection, so it can be knit together to wonderful completion. The mother offers herself to this child as well, trusting the baby will take what it needs to mature to completion while refraining from harming, hunting, or hurting, or depleting the mother's own delicate body of what she needs to survive. There's this, this dance happening in the womb where these two individuals, one not even knowing is so vulnerable and trusting. Have you ever thought about how vulnerable God chose to make himself to be with us? This is God, the one who created everything. God could have chosen so many different ways to be with us, but he chose vulnerability as the starting point. Like, think about it. He could have come riding out of the mountains on this massive white horse or, or a dragon. I don't know. Like, he could have done anything to, for people to just be like, whoa. And a lot of people expected that. They expected this grand entrance, but God, in his love, chose to be vulnerable with us, to come in the most vulnerable way possible. I remember this is, this is, Jackson is now in sixth grade, so he can't be back in the kids' area. And I, this might be one of the first times that he's been out. I've used him for sermon illustrations a lot, but this may be one of the first times. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> Ask Jaden, it happens a lot. Um, but I remember 12 years ago, getting a phone call that Maddie was going into labor. She was six weeks earlier than we expected. And Jackson was born so early that he had to spend a couple weeks in the NICU. Just, and he, he, I don't know, just thinking about like how vulnerable he was and the vulnerability that happens in the birthing process. Like we were, we were rushing in, trying to figure out what was happening. Um, Maddie, is was Maddie. She was just like, "Come on, we're going to the hospital. Let's go. Um, we're going. We're going to do this thing." Um, and I was like, "Ah, uh, where's my overnight bag? Um, what shoes am I taking?" Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not kidding. Um, but I remember Jackson had to go into the NICU. He had like wires and hoses hooked up to him to keep him alive or to to feed him at the time. What? 
tubes. What did I say? Hoses. <laughs> tubes. <laughs> Look, guys, they're the same thing, all right? Uh, tubes, hoses, wires, and tubes. Is there a more accurate way to say this? No. Nurse Brittany. No hoses. Um, look, guys, all right? This is, I'm being vulnerable with you. Um, this vulnerable place of a child who cannot make it on their own, who, who needs help. Like he, we tried to make him feed himself, and it took 12 years. Um, just kidding. But it's in this vulnerable place where God decided to join us. No hoses needed. In Philippians 2, verse 6, it says this. We've gone off the rails. Um, I don't know that we were ever on them. In Philippians 2, verse 6, it says, He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself out or emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human. He humbled himself and became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient. What does this say about God? A God that came into this world through his creation, putting himself in a place of vulnerability to Mary, and then after birth to Mary and Joseph to raise him, to, to feed him, to keep him safe. What does it say about our God who's willing to be this vulnerable with us, who, who's willing to be a, attached to a woman in order to get nourishment, in order to get life in his own creation? He said, I, I'll meet you there in the most vulnerable state possible. A God who's willing to wait in the womb for human birth, who's willing to be fearfully and wonderfully made just like us. In John 1, verse 16, it says, And now, out of his fullness, we are fulfilled. And from him, we receive glory heaped upon more grace. Moses gave us the law, but Jesus, the anointed one, unveils truth wrapped in tender mercy. No one has ever gazed upon the fullness of God's splendor except the uniquely beloved Son, who is cherished by the Father and held close to his heart. Now he has unfolded to us the full explanation of who God truly is. I think the Creator knew that vulnerability breeds vulnerability. That meeting us in a state of vulnerability calls us to a state of vulnerability. It says, I, I, if you meet me here, this God who shows vulnerability and trust through this incarnation, we're invited into a place of vulnerability with him and a place of trust with him. We're asked to trust God to, to be with us in the most vulnerable state. We're, we're asked to see this deity who came to be with us in the form of a baby to trust and to be vulnerable with. It isn't just this like God up there. There's this, this change in what a God can be. This was revolutionary and it, it, it only happened in this one instance where a God stepped into flesh. It's not this God that is distant, but a God in the flesh that chose to be with us. It's this beauty and invitation of the incarnation of God with us, of Emmanuel. This is what we celebrate 
in this season of Christmas. Vulnerability and trust are calls of the gospel. And I think for us, a lot of times, perfection and works is what we've been taught the gospel calls for. But the reality is, vulnerability and trust are the calls of the gospel, not perfection and works. It's this rearranging who we are and what we believe about who God is. We learn vulnerability and trust through our relationship with people in our lives. And I I think this is where some of us have a hard time with this concept. Because sadly, for many of us, that's where we've experienced the deepest hurt is in the places that we've been vulnerable with others in our lives. Even with relationships and community that we thought should be the safest, like in the church, through our vulnerability, we are hurt. And it makes trust and vulnerability something that we hold on to really tight. And something that we don't really like to release or step into. And I get that. I think, I think God gets that. To me, I, I think that's why this means so much. This, this incarnation, this God stepping into this world through his vulnerability. The fact that the creator of the universe chose to be vulnerable with humanity. I think God understands that vulnerability is hard. I think it shows that the creator understands that vulnerability breeds vulnerability. That we are reciprocating something that he has shown to us. I think the sad truth, and I'll, I'm almost done. The sad truth is that many of us were introduced to a relationship with God that was portrayed as powerful and 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 needs our worship and it's this this there's no sense of vulnerability to us a god that's separate that really just wants to be worshiped a god that we're more afraid of than a god that we experience love from in fact our perspective of god i think at times was so weak that we had to make evangelism or sharing the gospel about hell and fear, not about love and embracing that. But in the incarnation, we see the sweet, vulnerable character of God. A God that loved us so much that he joined us in humanity. Maybe this is closer to the actual character of who God is. Maybe Jesus is the living expression of the character of God. God didn't come to humanity in this grandiose way, seeking attention and awe through his power, but in the most vulnerable form of humanity that humanity can take. Baby Jesus, who in a few weeks we celebrate the birth of, that didn't actually happen in December, but we celebrate it in December. Some of you guys are like, what? Uh, Never mind, I shouldn't have said that. Um, The birth happened, I just don't know that it was in December. Uh, But we'll celebrate this birth of Jesus stepping into this world, a baby laid in a manger, meeting us in vulnerability, meeting his humanity, his creation and vulnerability. So as we step into these next few weeks and you begin to hear Christmas songs. Some of you have been playing for the last two months. <laughs> see Christmas decorations and you, you see the 
baby Jesus in the manger around in little lights. A couple things. We'll finish with this. One, if you see the manger and the baby Jesus and he's white, that's not him. <laughs> Two. <laughs> Sorry. Just, just. Sorry. That, that's not in my notes. <laughs> Here's what I want you to do. I want you to ponder the vulnerability of baby Jesus. To accept it, to, to look at it, to, to think about the idea that God, the creator, he, he met us in the most vulnerable state. Ponder on this. One who chose to become one of us to express God's full love to us and ultimately to save us through his life so that we might experience life to the fullest. A God that chose to join us, to be vulnerable with us, and showed us how to love. A God that said, hey, I, I think vulnerability is where we can meet the best. I think this is where love can be experienced and shown the best. So as you walk into Christmas, I don't have this, this big thing, just ponder on the vulnerability of our God who came to be with us. Remember, as you leave today, that vulnerability breeds vulnerability, just like love experienced breeds love shared. And go love well. That's who you were made to be. Thank you for listening. Our hope is that you feel loved and encouraged. If you have questions or need prayer, please email hello at thearsenal.church. And don't forget to download the Arsenal Church app.